0: John Hills, Professor of Social Policy here at LSE, Director of CASE, the Centre for the Analysis of Social Exclusion, the great measurer of inequality. A new book, Good Times, Bad Times. Why does inequality matter? Or does it matter? I'm not sure from your work whether it does matter, whether you're just measuring it.
1: Well, I think the point of measurement, which a lot of people at LSE do, a lot of government statisticians do, is to inform us as to where we are and how the world's changing. Different people will take different views on that. I personally take the view that uh, in our society, in Britain, inequality is too large. The gap between people who've got plenty and people who don't have enough is too big. And there are things one can do about it, but there are other people who take Different different views of that and who are interested in different aspects of the problem. I think our role as as academics is to try and put the information in front of people as clearly as we can to get across to a big audience so that people are thinking about policy debates, thinking about making policy in the light of, of evidence rather than, than the light of myths.
0: Yeah, but your book in a way is saying, look. We need equality because you lot, who think you're rich and don't think you pay a penny towards the state, are going to need it later. So it seems to me there's a little bit of a pragmatic argument there about everybody needing it. So it's not a moral argument you're making. It's a sort of prudential one,
1: I think, insofar well, far as you're against it. There are two, there are two different sides of this because, uh, as is sometimes forgotten, welfare states have got two different functions. One is a redistributive function, that there are some people who've had... Um, the wrong side you know the wrong rub of the green have ended up unluckily in one direction or just because of where they've they've come from they've ended up and in, off, in and one place. An and, uh, and other and and other people have ended up through luck and indeed through through their families in a much more favourable position. And and if, if one takes a view that society is a collective enterprise where everybody um, from Prime Minister, leaders of business to people who sweep the streets has got a role in that. Then, as a society, we take, we, we should take a view on what, the, what a fair distribution of, of, of um, resources is. And that may lead you to think that it'd be, it would be a better society if we had Scandinavian kinds of levels of inequality rather than British or American levels of inequality. But there's a second function of the welfare state, and that's an insurance and life cycle redistribution function. And in fact, it turns out that that's most of what the welfare state does. Of the whole social security and tax credit budget, only one pound in every 12 pounds 50 is going on people who are out of work of working age. You can't get big savings from that group um, unless you're really horrible to them and create a lot of hardship. Somewhere along the line, the rest of us are gonna have to pay more or lose those kind of services that we all value like schools, pensions, and, and education.
0: Is there a problem here about people who actually are doing rather well in the system and they're not so bothered about fairness, though they're going to pretend they care about fairness, and they're going to take from the health system and the pension system when they're a bit older and they feel no need to give any of their hard-earned cash up when they are earning? How do we meet the problem that this is just crocodile tears for the disadvantaged and not real change.
1: Well, I think one of the pretenses in this is where people say that what they care about is equality of opportunity, whereas interfering with, um, with, with inequality of outcomes would get in the way of the market. But it's incredibly hard to um, Uh, to to achieve real equality of opportunity when you've got such big gaps in the resources that are available to one kind of a family or another. And it's also, it's it's fine to say, well, um, people who do well should do better than people who haven't tried so hard, haven't worked so hard shorter hours or haven't put time into um, gaining training and qualifications and education. But that doesn't tell you how much more they should be paid.
0: Did part of you feel taking a knighthood was a bit of a betrayal of the egalitarian agenda.
1: I think that in academic life, we're used to people having particular titles as a cheap way of recognising what people have done. Now, I mean, there are absurdities in being a Knight of the British Empire when there is no such thing as the which British you are Empire. a Knight of the British Empire, indeed. But I think that's probably a better way of recognising. Public service, which is what I hope I got it for, than thinking that the way to reward people, that the metric of success, is paying people large amounts of money and then um, society's resources being used um, for a particular small group of people rather than where it's needed more widely.
0: One radical policy change that would do more than anything else to produce a more equal society in Britain?
1: As an immediate short term change. We should look at what we've been doing to cutting off benefits for people um, through the sanctioning system um, where um, there used to be 200, 300,000, no more than 300,000 people a year were told you haven't been doing the right things, you shouldn't be getting your benefits. That's gone up to 900,000 people a year getting that message. That may be invisible to a lot of people um, in, in power, but it is having huge effects on people's lives, and you see some of the effects of that in the number of people turning up at food banks, needing food parcels, in a country which I once thought had a safety net which covered us all.
0: John Hills, thank you very much for subjecting yourself to the to Grilling. Thank you very much.